0: Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And And have have harmony in the home. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 18, how to get your kids to listen. So we've talked a lot about tantruming and what to do and how to hold the space. And if they're too upset to do the steps, then you just say, I'm going to stay calm to help you stay calm. Your voice is always like this. You never ever ever join their reindeer games and their emotional roller coaster and get on their level of their emotional state because they need someone to hold the space to get them out of the red zone. And once they're out of the red zone, then they can kind of see clearly like, "Whoa, what just happened?" So we've talked about bedtime, we talked about brushing your teeth. Getting dressed is sometimes hard for kids. And it's hard for parents in the morning when they're tired and the parents are tired. And so it still goes back to choice game consequence. We love Love & Logic. When I was working in Collier County Public Schools, I was trained heavily in Love & Logic. And it works so well with all children in the classroom. And it worked really well with my kids once I was detached. I tried it for years when I wasn't detached and it did not work. So if you're going to still yell and scream or you're going to snap or you're going to bark, then this won't work, I promise. Or if you still think that your child's behavior means something about you and you're coming from, like I talked last, last week, you're coming from floss, which is fear, lack, overwhelm, stress, and sleeplessness, this isn't gonna work. But if you're coming from hack, which is happiness, abundance, confidence, and kindness, this will work. Because how do you know if it's gonna work? Because you're focusing on your side of the street. That's how you know if it's working. And so sometimes getting dressed is difficult, so you do choice, game, consequence. The choice is, do you want to put, I'm going to give you lots of examples and you get to plug and play, but your brain is not going to like any of this because I'm now taking away the dog that you want to kick because you're feeling a lot of stress and you're using a child as a way to offset some of that stress. And so now I'm taking the dog away and your amygdala is going to say, whoa, 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 this is too much. This is too much. This is like learning a new language. And I love the example that we learned with Brooke. It says, you know, when you first make meals, first you're the eater. Then you become the cook and you follow the recipe to a, to a T. Then you become the chef where you have the recipe and you're like, oh, that's a good recipe. I'm going to make it my own. So this might feel very awkward in the beginning. And I want you to just be the cook in the beginning. Follow the step by step and have your go-tos that you're not going to do with them all. Just have a few go-tos. That's why I'm giving you a lot of examples. And then you become the chef where you can be more creative on what, how you want to handle these different experiences and just choose one or two and then try those if that doesn't work try another one or two and then when you keep choosing the hard path then life starts to feel very easy but when you're always choosing the easy path then life always starts feels hard of the yelling and screaming that's just the easy short-term solution and it doesn't even solve anything it creates such long-term problems spanking and yelling you might think solve the problem in the in the moment But they literally make the problem even bigger next time. So then the yelling and spanking even gets bigger and bigger next time. And then we're teaching the children over and over and over, I'm only doing this because it's your fault. We're pretty much saying you started it or it's your fault. You started it. You're the one to blame for my behavior. And that is so backwards for kids to understand. Wait a minute. You're the adult. And yet it's my fault that you're acting that way. That doesn't make any sense to me, mommy. So I'm going to act that way too. And then they get in trouble for acting the way that we act. It's crazy child for our kids. So when we get some strategies and we get some things in our tool belt and we're detached, then parenting becomes super fun. So I talked about teeth. I talked about, oh, what about cleaning the room? Cleaning the room is a tricky one because I see a lot of parents that want their parent their children to clean their room, but the rest of the house is a mess. So a lot of times if we feel stressed about the messy house. We'll project it onto our kids and we will yell at them for having a messy room when they look at the rest of the house going, well, wait a minute, look at the family room, look at the living room. I can't even see the dining room table. So we can't be a hypocrite when it comes to any of these things because whatever bothers you the most about your child is usually where you need to grow the most. So just be aware of that. It's really good news because then it's your GPS of where you need to grow. So with cleaning the room, if your side of the street is clean and you have good skills, You could do choice game consequence. So for the younger kids, they don't know how to clean up a room. They don't even know what that even means. So with Grady, when he was younger, I'd say, do you want to do the books or do you want to put your clothes away? Or do you want to do your Legos or do you want to do the books? And he would choose the Legos. So Then I would do the books and then I would catch him cleaning up the Legos. And then I would reinforce that of how what a great organizer he was. How did you think of all those things? So reinforce, reinforce, reinforce. If you're not reinforcing the behavior that you want to see, you're not going to see a lot of that behavior. Whatever you're spending your time focusing at is only going to grow. So if you're focusing on them not listening, not listening, not listening, then they're not going to listen. If you're catching them when they listen, you're catching them when they're being responsible. You're catching them with good with time management. You're catching them in the moment being nice to their brother or sister. And you reinforce that, you're going to get more of that. But the brain doesn't want to focus on that because the brain wants to seek pleasure, avoid pain and be efficient. And it defaults to 80% negative without mind management. All brains, your brain, my brain, Oprah's brain, Brooke's brain, they all default to that. So just know that so you can give yourself some grace that it does take mind management and then it becomes more of the norm that you're looking for it because whatever you're looking for, you're going to find more of. So the choice would be with cleaning the room. Do you want to do this or do that? And they're like, Neither. So then the game would be, let's set the timer. Let's set a song. Do you want to do one song or two songs? Let's clean up during this one song. Let's sing a song. You know, there's so many cleanup songs out there. And then the consequence would be, uh-oh, I always say Grady, poor guy. Grady's not listening. He needs to clean up his Legos on the count of three. Or, and then I'd say something like, what would be the natural consequence? Or the the Legos are going to have to go bye-bye for a little bit. For just for a little bit. We don't ever take it away forever. And our voice is very assertive, very calm, very neutral, very neutral. And so then they get to do the choice and they usually choose to do what they're asked. So there's no more repeating. Can we just agree that there's no more repeating? There's no more yelling. There's no more spanking. Like I want that to have a prerequisite for all parents. No more yelling, no more repeating. And please, for the love of baby Jesus, no more spanking. If there is, if it's even happening out there. Another example could be when you're doing giving choices, do you want to put on your pants or shirts first? The game could be, I want to close my eyes and be a magician and see what you're going to put on first, kind of like I did with the toothbrush or the teeth brushing. What time do you want to be ready by? So Grady now doesn't like all the games, choice, and consequences. We do it a little bit differently now that he's a little bit older. He's almost nine. Oh, my goodness. He wears uniforms, so choosing clothes is very easy for him. And I'll say, do you want to be ready by 7-Eleven or seven seventeen? I always say funny uh, funny letters or funny times and he'll always choose the later one and I'll say do you need help getting ready or do you want to be able to do it by yourself and he'll always say he can do it by himself and I said okay what's the now now my kids choose the consequence it's pretty cool okay what will be the consequence if you're not ready by 7:17 I'm giving him all the power and control and then he'll usually say I will not be able to choose the time tomorrow you'll be able to choose the time which he doesn't want I'm like all right deal and we'll like pinky promise or high five or fist bump it's very light it's very fun I'm very childlike with them I'm working with them. Then they see like, huh, she's on my side. It's not me against her. And then, or it could be, um, if they're not listening with getting dressed, then I get to choose the clothes you're wearing. With girls, that's very, very much a consequence. Or I get to choose the shoes, or I have to help you. If you have a very independent child and you're gonna help them after the uh uh-oh, that is not good for them. Um, Homework is another one that you can do choice game consequence. I give them the choice. Now I don't have to so much. They're pretty much self-reliant third and sixth grade, I feel like such a like if you put in the work when it's early, like the early days, then when they become older, they're so self-reliant. And so they're like a well-run ship. You're just like a warm body. I'm, I feel like I'm just like a floater now sometimes. Like I do so little parenting, I feel like, because I'm just like hanging out with them now because they're just kind of on their own. They're on their own ship having a great time. And I'll say, do you need help with this? Like I'm always there to offer, you know, help. And I'm not like, leaving them in the dust. And it's a nice balance too. You try to always find that balance. And I always tell Lily, like, I'm always trying to give you the balance of like your own autonomy, but without living you out to dry. Just so she knows, like I'm always there. And so even if I'm not like hovering and helicoptering, which is so not effective for kids, especially when they're strong-willed like she is. And in sixth grade, the less I do that, the better. And about always reminding her, like, I'm here if you need me. I'm trying not to hover. I'm trying not to helicopter. I don't want to be the needy PJ Berga clingy love. But I got you, boo. I'm always on your side. And so she knows that. And so it's almost like when you're teaching a child how to ride their bike and you kind of like spot them. And like when David was teaching Grady and Lily how to ride their bikes, he was like literally running with them and holding the back of their bike. And then he was like shadowing them and like kind of like his hands were like around the bike in case they did fall. And then all of a sudden, now where they're riding bikes all by themselves, but they're still going to fall off their bike. My kids fall off their bike all the time. And I don't mean in real life, I mean figuratively. They mess up all the time. And I mess up all the time. And that's okay because love is at the center of it all. So, with being dressed, the consequence could be I help you. With the choice, it could be I choose, you want to choose to put on the pants first or the shirt first. You want to put on the I was going to say shoes or socks first. That doesn't make sense. Um, Do you want to put on the left sock first or the right sock first? Do you want to sing a song while we put on the shoes or do you want to uh, to sing a song? Do you see how many examples there are? There's 150 of them. And when you do the work when it's early, then it's not so hard when when they're older. And when they're older and you're starting to do this work, it doesn't mean, because a lot of parents sometimes will say, it's just too late. The damage is done. Absolutely not. Are you kidding me? Or they'll say, well, my husband's not on board. Well, it's better that they're one one conscious parent one parent doing this versus zero what are you going to go back to the old ways once you know all the damage that yelling and spanking does how can you go back to the old ways like what other way is there cuz sometimes parents will say oh, I'm getting a lot of judgment from my in-laws or from my parents and I'm like what is the what 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 is the other option to hit a child that's the other option that's better it's okay if they're they're wrong it's okay for people to be wrong about you it's going to be okay cuz just like my mom said when my sister was trying to breastfeed no one knows your child better than you. If what you're doing is working, keep doing it. If it's not, no bueno. You have to get off the crazy cycle. Another one is homework, like I was saying. is um, So when I was helping them a lot with homework, it, I would say, do you want to do your homework at? Because a lot of times they want to unwind after school. I just needed it done before they left for baseball or volleyball or for like, you know, for their night if they had a nightly event. But I didn't care when they did it. So I'd say, do you want to do it at 3.11 or 3.17? They'd usually choose the later one. And then the game would be, they get to choose it. If your kids are little, then they probably don't have a lot of homework. So then, they, then I would say what the consequence, and I would choose the consequence. Now they choose their consequence. And the consequence would be, if I don't do it by, if I don't come out at 3.17 or you have to remind me or nag me, then tomorrow you get to choose the time. Or the consequence would be, that I get to choose the subject that we do first because I always like to do reading first and Grady like to do math. Uh, same with Lily, same, but she'd like to do math. So I got to choose. So it's like you're taking away a little bit of that autonomy, but not all of it because you're still giving them that choice. So it's choose their own ending. They already know what's going to happen. Then you're going to get in this dynamic in this banter that they're like, oh, okay, we're going to work on this together. And I love the examples but don't be tied into the examples. We'll say, this won't work if my child has ADD. This won't work if my child has ODD. I just want to say, I don't want you to look at your child with that diagnosis when that label, because you're missing out on so much magic within your child. But it's only because you're missing out on so much magic within yourself. So once you see the magic within yourself, you'll start to see it in your children. Um, sometimes a timer, if they're really slow with doing their homework, so then I'll say, do you want to set the timer? And then we'll do homework for like 20 minutes and then we'll do Legos together for five minutes and then we'll do another 20 minutes because sometimes it's very hard for them. Their brains are tired. We still need to get it done. So let's br- set in some timers. Let's set in some breaks. And then the break is connection with me, the connection with their parents. Like that's a win-win most of the time, especially if your kids are quality, lo- quality time for your love language bath is another one. I Grady used to give us so much pushback. Both of them did for bath and shower. It's funny because when they're younger, bath time is so hard and it's so stressful and your back hurts. And then when you get older, it's so crazy. They're like, "I'm going to go take a shower now." Or I'm going and then they come out like in their jammies. It's the craziest thing ever. So if you have little kids, just know that that's coming. It's pretty cool. Sometimes getting them into the bath or the shower is challenging. So I would say something like both of them prefer bath over shower, I think. Tons on the day and what time it is. But I'll say, do you want to take a bath or a shower? There's your choice. If there's pushback. This is only if there's pushback. And as you start doing this work over and over and over, you're going to find so little pushback. Whereas before when I was unconscious and I was not detached, there was pushback about everything and it was exhausting. So you're going to find that they want the reins their life. So you're going to give them to them within reason. Do you want to take a bath or a shower? This is for older kids. If it's the younger kids and you're giving them the bath, which bathtub do you want to do? And which bubble bath do you want to use? Have have two flavors. Have pink and purple. Like get creative. Think like a child. Instead of thinking like us, we have to meet them on their level. So the choices, all those things I just said. The game could be, do you want to chase me into the bathtub? Or do you want me to chase you? The game could be, Grady would take so long in the shower. So I'd say, do you want to do two songs or three songs? And I bring Alexa in there and he'd play three songs. And then if he didn't do it, he didn't do it in the two or three songs. And the next day I got to choose the songs or I got to choose one or two songs. Sometimes then the uh would be, uh-oh, Grady's not listening. He needs to get in the bath now. Or is he going to, and this was a big thing. He's only going to have time for one chapter, or one book with daddy instead of two, or one chapter with daddy instead of two, now that they're doing chapter books, or four chapters instead of Five, whatever it is, because they're stalling or creating an emotional drain or a time drain, which they call in love and logic, that because they're taking time away from right now, they're going to have less time for something later. Now, I want you to make sure that you're not taking away all of it, just taking away some of it. Does that make sense? So you notice I didn't say you're not going to have time with books with daddy because he loves books with daddy every night. You're just going to have time for less time with books with daddy. So before I would say no, I wouldn't say no books. I would say instead of when they were reading the picture books, I would say we only have we have time for three books right now. If you get in the shower or get in the bath or whatever it is. But if it takes longer or you're stalling or you're not doing it quicker, then we're only going to have time for one or two. And that's a big bummer. You're giving them so much empathy and compassion and you actually agree with them that you don't want them to get the consequence because you want to read four books or you want to have the extra dessert or you want to play the game or whatever it is. You want it too because you're on their side. It's not you against them. It's an oh bummer. Electronics is a huge one of getting them off electronics once they're on it. So one thing we do that works works really well is we don't have electronics during the week just because it turned into too much obsession about it. And I found they weren't going outside to play or they were rushing through their homework or They were, if I would say we're not going to have electronics till four, then they were just staring at the clock until it was four, not doing anything until then. So electronics just taking away during the week was so much easier. They can FaceTime and call their friends. That's fine. But as far as like going on YouTube for random hours, no, that's just not working for us. And it creates a lot more ADD with children who already have it or if they even they don't have it, because what it does when you're on the TV or you're on the iPad or whatever the screen is, it actually teaches that part of the brain to kind of zone out and kind of not pay attention. So then when they get off of it, they're kind of like coming out of this time warp of like, wait, what? And then at school, what do they have to do? They have to pay attention and they have to like be engaged, whereas on electronics, they don't have to be engaged at all. So we give them an hour on Saturday, an hour on Sunday with a bonus of 20 minutes each day if they earn it throughout the week. So now that they're older that's a more long-term consequence. I like consequences to be shorter and immediate because they're older now, they can kind of handle that delay. But for younger kids, they need something a little bit more immediate. So if there are electronics, then for the what I have them do is I have them set the timer. And if there's any pushback or there's any reminders or there's any tantruming or any type of they set the timer for an hour or an hour and twenty, whatever they get for the for that week. Um, on Saturday and then on Sunday, if they, if there's any pushback, which there isn't, they set the timer and they keep themselves honest, then they will lose that many minutes for the following day. They don't lose it all together. I never like to take everything all, then can you have no, then you have no, like can you take everything away at like all the electronics or you take away all the books or all the dessert or all the extra time with daddy or all the extra time with mom. When you do that, then you have no negotiation space to go with. And then it's a consequence for you too, because that hour of we call it quiet time on Saturday, is very relaxing and it's good for them. It's just within moderation. And so if there's any pushback, they lose that many minutes the next day. So I'm still taking the electronics away at 65 minutes, but then the next day they'll have five minutes off. And guess what? It never happens. And there's never any pushback. They stop it. And they tell me, they're like, mom, quiet time's over. And I see them plugging in their devices. I monitor none of it. And they're still eight and 11. So I'm still monitoring it. For teenagers, there's a lot of different rules, but you still have a lot more negotiation and you have a lot more power than you think because of these devices and how attached they are to them. So just get creative, read the books, find something that works for you. I also have a lot of parents that talk to me about running late. Running late is very big, but it's also more the parent's responsibility than is the child. So what I encourage parents to do, because this used to be a big thing for me, is include buffer time. So if you have to leave for some place at eight o'clock, you need to be ready at seven thirty yourself. If you if you want to be out the door at seven thirty, then you be ready at seven ten. So then you can be kind of like a floater and kind of like get them out the door, but you don't have to rush them out the door. You don't. You have so much time to to not time to kill, but like time to work with in case there is a diaper blowout or there is a tantrum or there is problems putting on the shoes or finding the shoes. So you're not then you're not going to be under more stress because when you're under more stress, then that transfers to the kids. They feel the stress and then they get either more defiant or they get more on edge and they cry at the drop of a hat. So building in that buffer time is huge and getting ready as much as you can before The night before, if it's talking about in the morning, the better. And then it kind of gives you your power back because you're not at their mercy of like, what are you going to do, three-year-old? What are you going to do, 13-year-old? Like, it's what are you going to do? Because you have so much time, then you controlling your side of the street. Also, another thing that we love is walking Maggie. They take turns every other day. And so I always say, what time do you want to walk Maggie by? Because sometimes it's hot when I want them to walk Maggie. So, but I don't want to forget about it later. But I also don't want to remind them and I don't want to keep nagging them. So they'll tell me the time. They're older now, so they tell me the time. That's the choice. There's not really a game, but then they tell me the consequence. So then Lily will be like, "Um, I need to walk Maggie by 6 o'clock or I will not have dessert tonight. I'm like, oh, God, that sounds terrible. I hope you don't forget that. She's like, I know I won't. So they make their own consequences. So then they're getting that self, that inner dialogue is even getting stronger and stronger within themselves because they're creating their own consequences. Or Grady will say, I'm going to walk Maggie by 5, but if you have to nag or remind me or complain or nag or remind me, then um, I lose that many minutes of quiet time that I go over. So if he walks Maggie at 5.10, then that's 10 minutes off quiet time on Saturday. Guess how many times he's lost 10 minutes of quiet time? Zero. And then guess what happens around 4.50 when I see him putting on his shoes, you tell, asking Maggie if he wants to go for I I can't say it because Maggie will hear it. And she'll be like, what? If she, if she's st- if I, around 4.50, 4.55, I, st- I hear him start getting ready. So what do I say? This part, if you miss this part, You are literally going to spin in a circle. You reinforce, you reinforce, reinforce. Wow, you are so good at time management. That must make you feel so proud of yourself. You are on the ball, boy. Something like that, that means so much to them. If they're physical touch, then give them a high five. Give them a fist bump. Give them a hug. That's so awesome. You must be so proud of yourself. The more you can say you must be so proud of yourself, you must feel so responsible, you must feel so good at time management, then they're going to start getting on the energy cycle within themselves. I love in Love and Logic and in the book, how to get your kids to listen and how to listen so your kids will talk. They give so many examples. I don't want you to be overwhelmed by the examples. I want you to be open to the examples because when you're detached and you take yelling and spanking off the table, then you get really creative. And then you look within yourself for the example. You don't look externally so much. You're like, oh, okay, I'm going to be the cook here. And then I'm soon going to be a chef. It's like learning a new language. And you have to take a lot of practice and have a lot of grace to figure out what to do when whatever the power struggle is. But the joy of this is that you're going to give them the power back. You're using a lot of empathy. You're using a lot of compassion. You're not ever joining their crazy side of the street. We're on their emotional roller coaster. And you're doing it in a way that empowers them. So they have a whole section called turn your word into gold. And instead of saying, please sit down, I'm going to start now. You would say something like, I'll begin as soon as you're seated. This is more for in class, but it also works in the class at home. Please be quiet. It's time to begin. I'll be glad to start as soon as you show me that you're ready. Isn't that so much more powerful? Open your books to page 54. I'll be working from page 54. It's not so like you do this, you do this, you do this. Because kids shut down from that, just like we do as adults. Don't sharpen your pencils while I'm talking. I will allow people to sharpen pencils when I'm not giving directions. Do you see how it's just a little change, but you're still getting what you want? That's what this book does. And on the website, they have, and in the book too, they have all sorts of topics like waking kids, waking up during the night, avoiding power struggles, grades, different parenting styles, children with ADD and ADHD, driving issues, temper tantrums, eating problems, potty training, handling sibling rivalry, training resistant children to do their chores, putting an end to arguing and backlash. Helping your child with homework, helping children learn responsibility, how to make your mornings easier, how to make your nights easier. Do you see how much easier it can be when you're detached and you're open to strategies and tactics? But if you're not detached, none of this works. because I was trained so heavily in Love and Logic and the other book too, that's so long to say. I was trained so heavily in it, heavily in it, but they weren't working because I was so enmeshed and so codependent and my tone was not neutral. I was not being assertive. I was at the will of a three-year-old and a five-year-old and I was always losing. So I am trying to relinquish some of that mommy guilt. I'm trying to give you your power back while giving the power to your child so it doesn't have to be such a hierarchy where it's not you against them, it's you with them. And like I always say, when you have connection, you will have cooperation. I love you guys and I'll see you next week. Talk to you soon, bye-bye. Hey mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting bootcamp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com and if you really wanna fill up my love cup, send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was, What was that lightning bolt resonating moment while you were listening? I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.